1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does
0: that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. one. Five in Edmonton. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. Oilers Now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. They wish you and yours all the best. During these uncertain times, Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. In 37 seconds time, David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. At 135 today, John Shannon, our NHL Insider. To the Ashley Fine Floors text line, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. 63 Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for over 35 years all right gary has texted the show i made reference to a political party uh, winning the last election with a 54 uh, percent of the popular vote in the province uh, that would be considered a majority but not a dominant majority gary says bob you get 54 percent of my vote every day enjoy the show well thank you very much gary And Sparky Kev texts the show to say, Bob, I've been following David in the cult of hockey for years now. Always love David and uh, Bruce McCurdy's perspective on the Oilers and hockey in general. It's awesome that you have David on your show weekly. If I don't hear it, he's definitely a guest that I will podcast. And, yes, Brandon podcasts the show each and every day. That is from Sparky Kev. So it's great to know that David Staples got one of his friends uh, to text into the show to uh, pump him up for uh, doing the show.
1: David, how you doing, my man? What's going on? I'm just glad you don't read all the, the nasty tech, uh, texts about me, Bob, because I'm sure there's some of those as well.
0: Just for my friends, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Uh, good. Uh, well, but hey, just on the Colorado Edmonton thing, we'll get to the Oilers and the Hawks and the fact that we're focused on hockey right now. Uh, but, you know, it's it's going to be pretty... Again, I talked to a couple guys this morning uh, from in the league, shall we say, and there's a couple of them not from the two teams that I mentioned said, hey... Watching you guys, watching Colorado, those kind of, are two of the exciting teams to be watching moving forward. Your thoughts on that, David?
1: Well, the Abs really are a spectacular team, aren't they? With you know, look at who they have on defense—the puck-moving demon Kale McCarr and Gerard, and um, then Ranton and McKinnon, um, Landskog. Those are the two. Wouldn't you love to see these teams in the playoffs, Bob? I mean, we might. I this year we could see that, and. Uh, Yeah, we're going to see some thrilling hockey in the next few years to come. And I think both teams are ready to make their move in the playoffs. We'll see. You know, there's always surprises, and one of them might fall flat on their face. But I'd love to see that. Second only to a battle of Alberta, which I want to see more than anything. All
0: right. I'm going to open the kimono uh, from a... Uh, you know, we've had, uh, anyways. I'm going to say to you here that uh, there are some people out there right now that want a little bit of insight. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to give you some insight right now. I had an individual from the Colorado Avalanche organization in 2016-17 in March say, "We are too slow." They were having a terrible year. Like the Oilers have not had as far as bad as it went. David, out of those seasons, the Oilers did not. Um end up with one of the worst five records that we've seen. Colorado's 2016 season was terrible the 16-17 year and I had a member of that organization say to me, Bob we are dreadfully slow, we're old and we're slow and we're going to complete Joe's going to, the, the plan is to completely transition out the organization make it a way faster team and that's how we're going to play moving forward and then he said to me and I quote you guys need to be careful in Edmonton that you're going to get too heavy because the league is clearly moving in a, a very evident direction. And uh, you know what? That kind of came to fruition. So the question I have, David, for you with the people that follow you on your Twitter account and that sort of thing, is there a different confidence with where the Oilers are at right now than in sixteen seventeen? Is there a belief because there's... More, you know, we we've seen a bear breakthrough. Jones has gained some traction here. They've still got Bouchard and Brober coming on defense. Uh, Yamamoto has kind of arrived a bit. Is there a different confidence now than maybe there was back in 1617?
1: It's a really tough question, Bob, because when I go back to 1617, the the Oilers, you know, you could I could say the biggest failing of Peter Shirelli was his love for heavy hockey. You know, and he, he started stacking up the big forwards, big slower forwards. and But they had to beat Anaheim and San Jose, um, Los Angeles. They had to beat these big, tough, nasty teams that got away yep. with a lot in the playoffs. So you could say, was Shirelli wrong to, to, to emphasize heavy hockey? Like, I, we can all see clearly now where the overall trend was going. But at that time you had to beat anaheim and anaheim was absolutely uh brutal hockey team that played heavy hockey st louis played really heavy hockey so in some ways shirelli went too far but he had to go some direction some distance in that direction to get it right you know now this team you know i just think people are pretty giddy about this team because if you're in a kind of an old school oilers fan like i am this team, with the speed it's putting together and the, the talent that it's putting together, harkens back to the, the glory years. And so, yes, you know that kind of conglomeration of talent and speed, including like role players like Nigard, Haas, FNSU, Ennis, Caleb Jones, Yamamoto's not a role player, but these new guys who have come in this year, they've just changed the complexion of the team because we saw the end result of heavy hockey last year it was just a disaster. They couldn't put pressure on other teams, and they were just... They were just beaten soundly, so um, it, it's it's exciting because of the speed. The speed is back in town.
0: All right, I'm going to throw that out there for our listeners right now on the Ashley Fine Floors text line seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Do you have a different feel to where the Oilers are headed right now than you did back in sixteen seventeen? Now, one thing that needs to be stated, David, we didn't know that this Leon Drysital yeah. was there in sixteen, seventeen, i mean leon had a good year he had like a 75 77 point season something like that but he wasn't one of the five best player well he was pretty good in the playoff series against anaheim but he wasn't considered one of the five best players in the world and i think an argument can be clearly made that he's been that player for the last two years but for the listeners i, I want to know right now texas at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. do you have a different degree of confidence right now with where the Oilers are at and where they're headed moving forward, than maybe you did back in 16-17. So uh, we'll throw that out there, and we'll get some responses. And again, Drysital, obviously, we're talking about a completely different guy today than he was four years ago.
1: And Connor McDavid, I just you know those playoffs, Connor McDavid didn't play his A game through those playoffs. I think just the the assault on him. Uh, that was not penalized wore the guy down, and he was a he was a younger guy then. I think that one of the, it's both Drysdale and McDavid. I just the reason I'm so confident about the Oilers making some hay in these this year's playoffs, Bob, is these guys are at an age where they're they're mature veterans now, and they are, they are not going to allow themselves to lose. They will do everything that they can. You know, they're, I, I can see them go full Michael Jordan on their teammates this year in terms of pushing the other guys to succeed, something that they might have been a bit more hesitant to do when they were younger leaders on the team. I could see them getting, you know, very stern with other players about, like, this is the mission, and you better follow the mission, and everyone's going to do it. And I think that's going to make a difference this year.
0: All right, let's get to some quick hitters. We're joined by David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. What do you think the overwhelming support, again, it was around 79% for the players for return to play, as well as the CBA extension. What do you think that means?
1: Well, it was funny, Bob, because there was a lot of reports heading into the negotiation or during the negotiation that a lot of the players weren't keen about return to play and, and weren't keen about the contract. And we heard some stories like, you know, maybe two-thirds were against it. Now, that might have been kind of negotiating ploy, but... In the end, I think um, first, first of all, these guys just want to compete. They're they're highly motivated people who want to compete, but they also want to make money, and to make money, you gotta you gotta be in the plus. But the most important factor, I think, and this has been pointed out by other people, is I think I see this CBA as being very uh, player friendly. I mean, everyone in the world right now would like security, knowing that they've got a job for the years to come, and they're going to get paid the same amount. And how many of us have that? Well, the NHL players now have that. They know that the salary cap, they're going to get the same amount of money as a group. Uh, there's going to be a bit more um, escrow paid, but they're generally speaking going to get be getting the same amount of money as they were getting in the past, and they know that for sure. That's an awfully good thing to know when, you, when you're uncertain if there's going to be even fans in the building and if NHL revenues are going to be cut drastically. So that's a great deal, and I think that's why you saw an agent like Alan Walsh uh, supporting it because this is just really... A great security blanket for every NHL player.
0: Uh, David, it should be mentioned, the escrow actually uh, depreciates. From 20%, could theoretically Overtime, drop all. That's right. Yeah. Could drop to 6%. All right. Uh, again, you can text us at 7804960063, and we're getting a lot of responses. Uh, v says, Bob, I'm more confident of the position the orders are in now with the emergence of Leon and the drafting of the prospects. This text comes in. Uh, yeah. Holland and Tippett greater than Shirelli and McClellan. That's why my confidence is better than in 2017. Uh, and again, you know, keep texting us at seven eight zero four nine six 0-0-6-3 uh, zero, zero, uh, and we'll try to uh, keep going. The The key to building a proper team is balance. I'm, I'm more confident in this team because of uh, top down. It's built more balanced. Holland's experience has shown through so there's some quick responses to that question. Uh, any thoughts? To, I mean, Mike Green and it's his player's choice and we the prerogative and we all support that. Is that going to be an absence? Could be potentially hurting the Oilers? You know, he, you know, one of the great things about the CBA was giving the
1: players that right to opt out. And I think that went a long way also in, in getting players to sign on to this. And Green, you know, for, for valid reasons, very valid reasons, has decided not to play. You know, that said, Bob, um, and I know the coaching staff thought a lot of the player, but, you know, from from listening to what people and reading what people in Detroit were saying about Green this year and from watching him in just a couple of games here, I had him in abouts. Eighth or ninth on the depth chart in the Oilers. And I was worried actually that, you know, a player like Caleb Jones, who I think might have a breakout uh, playoffs or Chris Russell or or Benning would sit behind him because I just I yeah I've seen coaches in the past and I'm not saying Tippett would do this but kind of fall in love with older defensemen who have lost a step and that can cause uh, trouble for a team and and I wouldn't say that if if Greens numbers and it looked like his play had fallen off considerably so I don't think they're going to like hockey wise that they're going to miss him a lot
0: yeah, uh, you know, I think it's tough to judge a player on two games. Fair enough. Um, uh, and when you're playing on a crappy team like Detroit, we've seen some guys with the orders that weren't terrible players that went to other organizations after. And once they got going up again, Justin Schultz, Justin Schultz rejuvenated his career, maybe being placed further down the lineup. I think he just played too much in Detroit. Corey Crawford, again, he's missed three straight days, uh, unfit to play. Have they technically called it unfit to play. Do we know? Yeah. Okay. So confusion there. That's a huge I mean again, he's likely to play for Chicago, but nonetheless, it's got to be a little bit of a concerning absence.
1: Well, I've been following uh the Chicago media on this and there's a lot of talk that he's not going to be a lot of worry at least that he's not going to be. This is from uh writers covering the team. He didn't he also didn't attend like the like the earlier sessions through early July. So it's not like he was at camp ever. And so he's going to be coming in whenever he does come in i don't know what he's doing in his hometown, maybe he's practicing every day, so i can't say that, but he hasn't been practicing with the team and his teammates um and he's he's still not so he's you know he's going to have more rust on him than the coach would probably like um with their goalie and who and we don't know if he's coming back or when he's coming back because of the secrecy around this kind of information right now. So that's a huge blow to Chicago. I mean, they have other goalies, but hardly any of them have any NHL experience. And, you know, we've seen goalies come in in the past uh, without NHL experience and do really well in the playoffs. So it's not necessarily a death knell to the, to the Blackhawks' hopes. But, I mean, Corey Crawford had a pretty good save percentage this year. He was really hot at the end of the year. And if he's not playing, that's a big loss for
0: Chicago. All right. Uh, let's stock Oilers' lines here. Athanasiu with Leon and Yamamoto to start R&H with McDavid. Uh, balance. You got, you know, Drysettle and Yamamoto together, an opportunity for Athanasiu, and, and McDavid gets Nugent Hopkins. And balance could be the key because Jonathan Taze can only go up against one of those two centers.
1: You know, I don't love it. I, I, like, Off the top of my head, I didn't love it because I love that uh, dynamite line with Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl and Yamamoto. That line was the best line in the NHL. So it would take some convincing for me to think, why would you move away from that? You know, that being said, um, and what Tippett said was really interesting the other day, that and really loves to play with Yamamoto, and that's the key for him. And I can see that. And so yeah, I could see SNSU having success. And they need to get, they want to get this player going. It would be huge for the Oilers to get him going. So maybe this is the right idea. I mean, Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Cassian will be one hell of a line as well. So um, I'm open to it. I'm a bit more open to it than I was when I first heard they were experimenting with it. Just because I just, how can you move away from having the best line in the NHL and not using it? I, I mean, that's pretty tempting.
0: I think you got to have some balance. David, great stuff. How do people follow you? Uh, at D Staples on Twitter. Thanks, Bob. But- you bet. That is David Staples. It's 1.20 in Edmonton. Now we're going to get to the Orders now. Injury report right here, right now. And it is presented daily by our friends at James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang at James H. Brown want you to stay safe, stay positive, and a reminder, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com back at the 630 Chad Studios. Here's Brennan Escott.
2: Yeah, it's less the injury report and maybe more the unable to practice report. Shea Weber skating with the main group in Montreal all this morning after skating alone yesterday. Bruins forward David Pasternak also joining the group after missing the first two main sessions in Boston over the last couple of days. Same story for Pierre-Luc Dubois in Columbus this morning. He joined his group. Uh, Calgary's Derek Ryan unable to practice again today. Jets backup goaltender Laurent Brassois absent for the third straight day. So it was Eric Comrie filling in behind Connor Hellebuck. Interesting stuff. 121 in Edmonton. When we get back in Oilers, now we're going to get
0: to a bunch of texts that have roared in. Again, where's your confidence level at right now versus 2016, 17? Do you have? greater belief in the long-term viability of what the Oilers have got. We'll get to that when we return on Oilers Now. Hi, this is Conor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad, He's flying, man. He looks good. It's better right now than he did back in September. Of course, back in September, we didn't know the full degree of what McDavid had gone through in the off season. So there you have it. There's an old saying in the car business cars cost less in Utaskwin. Outstanding customer service is a key to businesses as well. Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. They'll provide you with an outstanding service experience at the time of purchase, and they'll continue that standard throughout and after the sale as well. So uh, let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford lend a hand by calling 1-877-477-3673 or go online at BrentRidge.com. Brandon, I'm going to put you on the spot. Is it different now for the Oilers than it was in sixteen seventeen? Should it be a different comfort level from the fans' perspective? What do you think?
2: I think, in my opinion, it's the depth that changes it overall. You know, like I've said before, you you can afford to to see a guy maybe, you know, block a shot or what have you. I saw the thing on Instagram or, or Twitter this afternoon talking about Oscar Kleffbaum as the shot blocked leader. Like, you know, these are kinds of things in the playoffs that can tip a series, but right through the right through the forward group and the defense group, I, to me there's a lot more reason this time around to be reassured. And the balance of power has shifted in the West. You don't have the the ducks and the blackhawks and 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 the teams like that near the top necessarily anymore. To me it's it's shifting towards the teams with the younger talent and when you're talking about the two most productive players in the league on the same team at the same time i think there's a certain swagger that comes with that that they can ride uh, through this playoffs as well if they get it going and get it going early
0: all right to the ashley five floors text line for the next five minutes here we go kardski has texted the show to say my confidence level in edmonton now compared to 16 is that the odors are way faster they've got some size in the lineup And they're going to go all the way. Wow. There you have it. Anita has texted the show to say, so I'm not a big drinker, but I can tell you I drank a river in 1617. The joy and the stress was so intense. I had to buy a set of hand grips to channel my energy. Even though I'm the internal optimist as far as the Oilers go, I do believe we need to prepare ourselves for an insane ride this summer, says Anita. The wine is going to be flowing, and the hand grips are going to be getting a workout. Live and breathe blue and orange. That one comes to us from Anita. Okay, I don't know what happened there. Um... for some reason, some of the texts that we're getting are not going right up to date. Too bad. Uh, again, you can text the seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. 496 Yeah. Why is that doing that, Brendan? Why are some of the t- texts that are popping in being reverting back to the 10th? Uh, Go Oilers' has to the show to say the, back to the 10th of June or the... 5th of June and not right up to date. It's, it's uh, one of the challenges that we have. Uh, go Oilers, this is Texas Show to say, uh, I agree we needed to get quicker, but you still need some uh, size, uh, two more Zacks uh, to make a long playoff run as uh, well, and look out for these smaller speedy guys. Well, you know what, Cassie Cassian Kenskate, he's a big man. That, that's the thing, look at the Oilers' speed, and, and I'm going to go back to the game on in October, on the 29th against Detroit, sitting there at the morning skate, uh, Tomas uh, Yurcho uh, was in the lineup for that game. Now, I would consider con- contemplate bringing Yurcho back after an injury plagued season this year and you know he's had a chance to recuperate i'd consider having him on a on a two-way deal to spend some time playing in the american hockey league next year as a decent call-up guy but he was in the lineup sam gagne great guy but not the most fleet-footed player patrick russell he's a 14 15 4 like those guys were all in a game against detroit which the Oilers lost 3-1, but if you were at the morning skate that day, you would have noticed the the, the, the different pace, and that's the thing that's caught me off guard over the last couple of days down at Rogers' place is just uh, how fast the uh, team is at this stage. Uh, yes, Bob, the Oilers should go into the playoffs overconfident because every time you hype things up uh, for them in games, they can't lose. They rarely end up in their favor. I don't do that. Uh, you know, I mean, we used to do that years ago, but we've moved away from the can't lose game. Playoffs are a beast. You need a hot goalie, uh, a team effort, and some luck. I'd say they have a 1-in-24 chance. Well, that's that's fair. They do have a 1-in-24 chance. The question I'm asking is, do you have more confidence with this group where they're at right now and what they have coming? Like, we're not including Bouchard and Broberg in the current group those guys are coming those are really good defense prospects that are going to join the organization do you have more confidence that the Oilers could have longer sustainability than they had back in 16 17. let's not forget we had people at the start of the 17-18 season frank ceravelli from tsn i like him i think he's a grinder works hard he picked the Oilers to win the cup um i know anthony stewart from sportsnet Currently, has Edmonton as one of his favorites to win the Stanley Cup here in uh, the 2019 playoffs. So, again, keep texting us at any time seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Hodgey says Connor's health has me more confident this year. Although everybody's entering these playoffs healthy, having a fresh and healthy Connor tips the scales in the Oilers' favor heavily. Craig Button would say to you, you know, Connor McDavid, Leon settle, one, two punch down the middle. That is a scary thing for opposition teams to try to deal with when you, you know, have the top two scorers in the league, each driving their own line. Uh, Jason from Sangudo, Bob, you've got 40,000 hand grips listening each day. Wow. Well, you're a little low on the number, Jason, but that's okay in terms of listening per day. Uh, ben says, uh, the, this playoff series doesn't seem like it has anything to do with the season it's been way too long the teams will be completely different I'm not saying it's a bad thing I'm looking forward for a tournament style Stanley Cup any team can walk away from the cup that one comes to us from Ben Matt says "I uh, if they can survive the play-in I think they could do some damage but the play-in is a crapshoot whatever team gets up to speed first wins that one comes to us from Matt Matt uh, Bob, I'm more, KW says, I'm more confident in uh the Oilers today than in 2016, but in fairness, a lot of the success for the Oilers today has to do with the dra- drafting success of the previous regime. The only thing I'm a little bit unsure of is how well Holland and his team have been drafting prospects. That one comes to us from KW. And again, I mean, the Oilers hit the, the 2015 draft, rounds four, five, and six. Edmonton got Caleb Jones, Ethan Bear, and John Moreno. All those guys became players this year in the NHL. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, John Shannon, our NHL insider. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio.
1: 630 Chad.